1: G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au
2: T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. SEN Track. The new sound of chasing, pacing and racing. You can find it at 1593am. The solar panels work in winter. Solar energy output in Australia throughout winter is surprisingly high in some cities. You can learn more about better solar energy at Solar. Visit b.solar to learn more. GLG Greenlife Group, leaders in property services and open space management at glgcorp.com. Welcome to the first serve, your home of tennis.
3: Welcome indeed. Good evening, everybody. Brett Phillips with you for another Monday night, the 11th of April, as we get into a big edition of the First Serve, your Homer tennis. Your calls throughout the show tonight, your hour, 1300 736 736. 1300 736 736. Or your texts, on 0433 98 All thanks to our very good friends at Tennis Direct, Australia's favourite online tennis store. They've got fast delivery, great prices, free delivery on orders over $150. Visit tennisdirect.com.au. You'll get that nice little 10% discount store wide using the code FIRSTSERVE10. So coming up on the B Solar menu tonight, the champions of the past week on tour, a former player, uh, turned coach and commentator Louise Fleming on the back of some Aussie success over the weekend at junior level and a bit on the fall from grace for Boris Boom Boom Becker. But we're going to go into the mailbag uh, first. You've out. got mail. Indeed, we have a lot uh, this week. And I thought I'm going to do this off the top of the show because we always get crammed at the back end and I don't want to miss out on your correspondence. So you can always send... The longer form to the first serve sen at gmail.com. You can give us a call anytime we're on the radio. Live every week one three hundred-seven three six seven three six. You can text us O four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen. But if you want to be a little bit more expensive, you can certainly send him an email. Now we've been discussing UTR quite a bit. It's been an ongoing discussion. I've received a lot of uh, phone calls, a lot of correspondence off air as well. I entered my youngest daughter, who's 11 years of age, into a UTR recently. She was placed in a pool of four players. One boy was the same age. The second boy was nine years of age with all roughly the same UTR. The third was a 24-year-old adult man with a full beard that had never played before with a UTR. This player won two of his three matches, then played in an adult UTR the following week. He now has a UTR 3.10. He was using a kids' tournament to bolster his UTR. He was physically much stronger and bigger than the other three kids. Parents did not like this at all, but the tournament directors take their entries. My next point is the same 11-year-old daughter is an 11-year-old, under-11, zone squad run by Tennis Victoria. My oldest daughter, who's 15 years of age, and uh, the other 15 years of age would like to do a zone squad. I ask if there is any zone squads for that age group. I'm told that Tennis Victoria only do zone squads for under-11s and under-13s. Being a coach in another sport, the 15- to 18-year-old age group is the most important part of their development, particularly for late developers. In a time when AFL, AFLW, basketball are taking players from many sports, why isn't Tennis Victoria doing something about this? Thank you, Chris from Derriman, who sent in that email ..during the week. If anyone wants to respond to that, you can tonight, 0433 11 16, or give us a call, 1300 736 736. Also into the mailbag before I get to your calls, the 14-and-under World Junior Team selection for the Australian boys was announced last week. And surprise, surprise, Cruz Hewitt is in the team at number two. The big problem that coaches here are discussing, smelling a rat is how two other boys with a higher UTR didn't get picked and the number three boys actually ranked higher than Cruz, yet Cruz is ahead of him. The team is Jake Dembo, UTR, 9.90. Cruz Hewitt, UTR, 9.10. Philip Fantasia, UTR, 9.19. Two Victorian boys, Daniel Jovanoski UTR, 9.21. And Dimitri Bargaric, UTR, 9.21, missed out. Paul Vasalo at Tennis Australia when Quiz stated that the teams are chosen not just on UTR but also head-to-head and training commitment. Well, Daniel Jovanoski from here in Melbourne has a 2.1 win-loss ratio over Cruz and beat Cruz in their last meeting five months ago, 6-3, 6-2 in the national team's championships. The negative Hewitt influence and shadow looms large over Australian tennis and now even the juniors. Unbounded nepotism. This is from you. And some people don't want to put their name a uh, certain correspondence uh, coming in, but you are welcome to send it into the show, uh, positive or negative. Paul Vasalo and the head NDS coach in each state have input to selections. Not all players are training in the national development squads, of course, as they are in private environments. Selections are based on three criteria, one ranking, two head-to-head, three attitude, and in this case, perhaps four, who is your father and what pressure can he bring to this process? So that's also some uh, correspondence that's come into the mailbag uh, this week. Uh, this one also. Gee whiz, the Channel 7 Djokovic show was a sad flop. Just a rehash of what happened. It seemed like Craig O'Shannessy wanted to ask questions about who specifically told Novak, book your ticket, but maybe that's on the cutting room floor after the Channel 7 legal team uh, looked over the content. Either way, it was disappointing. And I hope that the ABC actually want to bite hard into what is rapidly developing uh, rapidly becoming, I should say, the end of tennis as a competitive sport in Australia. So that's also come through on the mailbag. If you've got any feedback to the Channel 7 show that aired last week, and I actually, uh, you know, changed plans, thought I've got to be here to watch this. I actually walked away uh, none the wiser, just more finger pointing. So there <laughs> it was nothing really that I got out of that program that, uh, gave us uh, sufficient answers as to what happened back in January. But you can always send your mail in Harry in Belmore. It's always great to have you, H, uh, back on the first serve. How are you? Very good, H. What's happening? Uh,
1: look, I was wondering how many team members are there in Australia's Davis Cup squad? Demir won his singles and said, I've got to shake hands with my teammates. And about 16 came out. In
3: all their track suits and all, how many are there in the team? Well, it's always a team of about five, Harry. But then you've got all the support staff as well. You've got uh, you know you've got Layton, and you've got uh, um, you've got you know assistant coaches. You've got physios. You've got uh, the team manager. You've got probably um, you know the, the the orange pillar. I'm not sure the exact titles, but there's always a, a fair bit that make up uh, the uh, the Davis Cup. Uh, contingent, the Fed Cup or the Billie Jean King Cup contingent now. So it's the players and the entourage who are all there, uh, courtside, who have got to get amongst it and generate the energy uh, to uh, to get our Australian teams uh, a victory in these respective ties. Uh, H, does that satisfy you? Are they all being paid? Well, that's a very good question. I'm not 100% sure. I would imagine they all are uh, at that sort of level, Harry, that they'd all be on the payroll.
1: 'Cause we had to buy our own sharkskin shorts and here they're in beautiful tracksuits. My sister jumped, um, knitted my white jumper. I had four sisters, one done the front, one done the back and the other two done the sleeves. Then we sent them to the cotton mills to have the neck done.
3: And here's these blokes dressed immaculately and getting paid. Times have changed, Harry. Times have changed, but this is what I love about your call, and this is why I get so much feedback about your calls every week, that you take us into another era. You take us to an era where it was totally different. Life, sport, everything else. Hey Joyce, great to have you on the show, no doubt about it. Frank Baronia. Frank, uh, great to have you on the first serve.
0: Um, my name's Frank. Um, I want to ask you, would you know how come why Milos Rannick hasn't been playing tennis since July last year?
3: I'm just trying to remember his injury. I, off the top of my head, Jordy might help me out the back. Uh, he, I know he has been out for a, a long time. He's he's a mountain of a man who's carried some injuries across the journey. I mean, Milosh got to three in the world, made a Wimbledon final. He's won a stack of uh, tour titles. But I'm reliably told, thank you, Jordan, that uh, that's the heel. So anything to do with heel, Achilles, ankle, it, gee, it can sideline you for a long time. And he's carrying a big frame <laughs> up top. Milosh, Milos, uh, if you've ever been uh, near the big Canadian. So it's been probably a tough, what, two or three years. You know, we've seen the emergence of Shapovalov, Felix, you know, taking over the mantle as the leading Canadian men. And and Milos has sort of been forgotten about it a little bit. And everyone over the years has just wanted to ruffle his hair all the time. Um, So hopefully we see him back in some way, shape or form, uh, Frank. But, yeah, the heel might sideline him for a a little longer. Mate, appreciate your call. Uh, Marlon's on the line. Uh, Marlon, great to have you on the show. Thanks, Brett. Very much
0: appreciated.
3: Now, I do, I do have a little heads up with this call. I think you, I did get a little text in just before we came on air of a, a new cup that's being established you might want to tell us about.
0: Perfect timing. Uh, BBT Cup being hosted at Vince Barclay Academy in Sydney at right. uh, the Macquarie University Sportsfield. This is our inaugural tennis tournament. Uh, for the pro-ams of of tennis and we're super pumped to have um, some really high calibre tennis players joining us at the end of April 1st of May for what uh, we're hoping to be a yearly annual event um, under the uh, BBT Cup banner.
3: Okay, so tell us us a bit about the calibre of the players you've got there, Marlon.
0: Yes, so we're we're running with um, the women 7 plus UTR, men 8 plus UTR, We've got a, uh, a diverse range of players uh, attending. Uh, we're looking for about 200 players in total um, across the, the tournament, and we're also running a junior tournament on the on the Sunday. But we're hoping that this is going to be a widely um yeah you know widely uh, exciting event not only for australian tennis players but those that might be international who who really would like to elevate their profiles in tennis and uh, you know that's something that we and, and vince barclay have been super keen to promote uh those players who don't get the opportunity to be in the limelight very often and um our website says it all uh, and, and we're hoping that um you know the players come out and really enjoy a weekend of not only great tennis, yep. but it'll be full of festivities. We've got uh, food trucks, DJs, a whole raft of entertainment to to really put on a show for for these players. Uh, they they really deserve it.
3: So, is, it, is this been run independently away from Tennis Australia, or is this under the TA banner?
0: Uh, it's it's under the TA banner, okay. uh, but not 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 officially, you know, through the the BBT Cup. Uh, BBT is uh, Bay Bridge. Is our exclusive uh, partner for the event uh, on, on this occasion, but we're looking at continuing to grow this event, as I said, on an annual basis, sure. and we're hoping that this becomes, uh, you know, an event that's on the yearly calendar for, for tennis.
3: Beautiful stuff. So, how do people find out more, Marlon, to get involved, and when did the registrations close?
0: Please visit uh, BBT Cup tennis. Uh, sorry, com dot registrations close on the 18th of April um, and uh, yeah we're looking forward to hosting a whole raft of tennis players across the country and, and really put it on a show for for everybody eventually we, we would love to live stream this uh, for all those to see on TV
3: all right I'll take a closer look uh, during the week uh, appreciate the heads up thank you uh, Marlon so bbtcup.com.au a tournament being established up in Sydney if you want to find out a little bit more. Just one more I found in the mailbag. I missed this one. I was actually doing a little exercise that last week, just looking at all the age groups and who's the highest-ranked player, you know, from 14, 15 all the way up to uh, the veterans of the tour. But I saw this one, and you might have heard of the two uh, sisters from the Czech Republic, uh, Brenda Fruvatova and Linda Fruvatova. So one is 15, one is 16. They're doing extraordinary things. So Linda is already up to a, inside the top 200 at 16. Brenda is closing in on the top 300 at just 15 years of age. So I got this bit of correspondence uh, during the week. Linda from the Czech Republic, 16, number two junior in the world. Uh, also made the fourth round of Miami just recently, beat Kovinic, uh, Mertens and Azarenka. Super competitive against Bedosa. Her little sister, Brenda, 14, the number three junior in the world and recently won her first 25K in Argentina. Wow. It snows four months of the year. They only have 10 million people. So explain to me, Tennis Australia, how they have three girls, top 10 juniors, 10, yes, 10 top 50 junior girls in the world. They also have the number three boy and eight boys in the top 100. Wow. The throwaway line from TA has always been the USA, Russia and China have huge populations compared to ours, but how does one use that go... How does How does one use that go-to excuse when we look at the Czech Republic? I believe that Australia, given its facilities, financial resources, tennis community could and should achieve similar results without the usual blah, blah from Tennis Australia player development. There you go. That's the mailbag. There's a bit of negativity out there, but there's some passion out there as well. But the Czech Republic, uh, for a long time, particularly on the women's side, because they've had so much Fed Cup success, uh, have been producing uh, some outstanding talent for as long as we can remember. Uh, your calls tonight, one 736 736 on the text 43 i will get to a bit of that. We might squeeze in a break. We'll come back and get into all the tour wrap. And uh, Louise pleming uh, coming up, who's been doing some great work with our young Australian girls over in India.
2: Better solar, better batteries, better energy. With B Solar, you'll never have to pay another expensive electricity bill. Talk with a B Solar advisor. Visit B.Solar to learn more. GLG Greenlight Group, leaders in property services and open space management at glgcorp.com. The first serve, your home of tennis.
3: Welcome back to The First serve. Brett Phillips with you Monday night. We're always talking the world of tennis. You can talk it with us. 1-300-736-736. That's always the invitation every single week. 4 3398 on the text. Just one off the text. The USTA have a national ranking system for juniors. The UTR is based uh, used for adults and leagues and teams. Tennis Australia have made a mistake not following what the USTA actually do using both a ranking and a rating system, not exclusively the UTR especially for our juniors. There's plenty bubbling around in this space. We'll continue to have a look at it. I do need to revisit a chat with Tennis Australia as well to get a further perspective there, which we'll do certainly in the coming weeks. But let's go to the winner's file. We're going to start big tonight. All 211 centimetres of Riley Opelka. What a great tiebreak he has played there. What a match he has played to claim his second
0: title of the year, the fourth of his career, and his first on clay. And it's another win for him against John Isner. That's his fifth in succession some week. He only dropped one set, and that was right at the start of his bid here. But a brilliant conclusion for him. And he has managed to see off Isner, this time 6-3, 7-6.
4: It really was a a long time since we've been here. It felt like it was even longer. It's one of our... I'll speak on behalf of all the players. One of our favorite stops on the year, particularly because of the atmosphere, the, the energy the, the fans bring, and, and just how well-run this event is. So thank you guys for that. Congrats John on a great week. He was idol growing up as a kid, and before I even met him, you know, I, I liked him. But since we've become such good friends and spent so much time on tour, I like him even more now once I've gotten to know him. Off-court, he's been a uh, unbelievable role model for for not just myself, uh, Taylor Fritz, and Francis Tiafo and Tommy Paul. We'll, we'll all say the same. He's been... Um, An unbelievable competitor for a long time. There's a a stat that that I always bring up, I think I've probably said it 10 times now, but I'll say it again. There's There's only four active players that have been top 20 for a decade straight. One of them's named Rafa, one of them's named Roger, the other Novak, and the fourth one is John. So I think that's pretty remarkable. say thanks to my, my team, my coach uh, Jay Watt came out of retirement for me this week because he's a, a new father and had to stop traveling with me on the road, but it was nice to have him back for this one, and uh, my trainer, that Taylor Fritz and I share a wolf, he's the man, he does more weeks on the road than, than any of us here combined, so thanks to you guys uh, for putting up with me all year, and also wanted to thank the Hammer family for having us, uh, welcoming us in their home it's been an unbelievable experience so nice to have to stay at the hotel
3: Uh, There he is, Big Riley, cap backwards, turn him upside down, he'd mop your floors uh, beautifully. He's going very nicely, 17 in the world. And he mentioned Wolfgang, I've forgotten his last name, who's the uh, fitness trainer of both he and Taylor Fritz, who's an Aussie who travels the globe. We're going to have to hunt him down and get him on the first serve because he's doing nice things with both uh, Fritz and... Opelka, the two highest-ranked Americans at the moment. Let's break down the winners. Thanks to AATC, Australasian Academy of Tennis Coaches, providing quality coach education right across the globe. They're magnificent courses delivered by industry leaders and tennis business owners. Learn locally, coach globally, internationally endorsed. Inquire and enrol at aatc.tennis. So, Riley Opelka takes out the only clay court event, of course, in the US. Didn't drop serve all week. Uh, great setting there in Houston. Uh, six foot eleven beats John Isner at six ten, six three seven six beat Kyrgios in the semis, who had a a great week and another meltdown. That's uh, that's sort of the standard <laughs> double act. of Nick um, got through his sort of round of sixteen match fairly comfortably, final beat a qualifier, a couple of qualifiers there, and they had a bye in the first round. So we always know the serving of uh, Opelka and Isner and these sort of guys. But I think the thing that can take Riley maybe even higher than John Isner and where he's got to in his career. And he's seen John as a real role model is his return game and his ground game. His backhand uh, was superb during that match. So we know Opelka's going to be very tough to break on serve, but if he can win and break serve more often than not by uh, just getting a little more dangerous off the ground. In fact, Paul Anacone said on this show, what, three weeks ago, he's one of the best athletes for his size that he's seen. So 17 in the world and getting bigger. Well, not bigger in... Height. I think he's probably reached the limit, but he's going to get bigger in his ranking. Uh, well done to Max uh, Purcell and Maddie Ebdom. They made the Australian Open final earlier this year. They've only played four tournaments, quarterfinal US Open, runner-up at the Australian Open, ran a 16 Miami, and they won the Houston uh, doubles on the weekend. They did it away from the spotlight. They had this sort of little swimming pool at the end of the match. It's a bit like when, uh, it's one of the tournaments when the Dale jumps into a pool. I can't think where it is. Uh, one of the clay court events, and uh, these two were wrapped. It's like it's like the older brother and looking after his younger brother. There's a fair age gap, I think about a decade between these two. So the first Aussie pair to win Houston since Pat Cash and Pat Rafter back in 1996. So they're 13-3 as a doubles combination since coming together at the US Open uh, last year. So well done to uh, Maddie and Max. And then what Max did, he went from Houston to Sarasota in Florida the next day and played his uh, uh, qualifying singles match for a challenger. Uh, so you've got to get on the plane uh, pretty quickly. And uh, yeah, missed out on uh, singles last week. Or well, I think he went out first round, uh, Max, but hopefully he can get through tonight along with uh, Rinky uh, Hijikata. Uh, David Goffin, the former world number seven, who's been in the wilderness uh, for a little while, he won the red clay of Marrakesh over in Morocco, won the ATP 250, 366363. So, six title over the uh, Slovakian lefty, Alex Molkan, who actually led that match, 6 3 2 1 40 15. He was in a great position and just goes to show you're never quite home, and the door was just uh, left open. So, he was 6 and 9, Goffin, coming into that event. He needed. A return to form, and he's certainly been able to find it over the last week or so. The WTA 500 in Charleston belonged to the Swiss Miss Belinda Bencic. Oh! Belinda <laughs> Bencic <laughs> claims a first WTA title on the clay. And she does it on the famous green courts of Charleston. The first Swiss champion here since Martina Hingis in 1999. A lovely embrace with Ange Böhr, who played her part in this fine contest. And she has had a wonderful week herself, but Bencic is all smiles.
5: It has been uh, really an amazing final. Uh, first of all, on Please don't cry. Um, You're so amazing player and and you're even a better person. I think everyone in this stadium knows, everyone in the world knows. You are incredible. I admire you a lot and you're a big fighter and it will come and um, you just, you took everything out of me today. And I think this tournament really deserves both winners. I want to thank my team. they have to endure a lot with me. <laughs> Sometimes I can be a real pain. Um, thank you so much. <laughs> uh, my coach Sebastian, yes, he to hear the most this week. Um, thank you very much, um, Martin. I love you. <laughs> Yaro, my physio, he gives me the best tactics every match. He's the MVP of all. 16, 17 years old, I played the semi-final and it means so much for me to win this tournament because when I lost in the semi-final, I was not sure if I would ever get another chance. You know, as a, as a young girl, you, you never know. And uh, I really want to thank the Navarro family, um, Bob Eleanor. You make this tournament amazing. This is one of the best events and no wonder everyone wants to come back.
3: Indeed, they keep coming back every year. 50th anniversary of the WTA 500 in uh, Charleston. This was some sort of final, two and a half hours. Uh, Belinda, who's been four in the world, we know she rose to prominence as an 18-year-old, had the wrist injury and other injuries which derailed her. She's come back and you know, certainly one of the top 30 players in the world. Back to 13 in the world in the rankings, 15 and 6. So it's been a great uh, fortnight, of course, making the semifinals Miami, backing up to win Charleston. So she's won 10 of her last 11 and um, as we heard there in the commentary, it's uh, been a long time since a Swiss player won that event. All the way back to Martina Hingis in uh, 1999. There were tears from Ons Jabeur because she's been in a few finals now. It's just been hard for her to uh, to crack um, winning a few of these uh, uh, sort of next down events from you know the 1000s and the the Grand Slams, but. Uh, right now, she's a bona fide top 10 player. She's nine in the world, and uh, it's just a beautiful game to watch. But Belinda Bencic, the Olympic gold medalist of last year, winning in Charleston in Bogota. Not a bad story, this one. Germany's uh, Tatiana Maria, 34 years of age. I've introduced her a few times onto Rod Laver in the early rounds, and, you know, she'll draw a Serena or someone just uh, that absolutely takes you to the cleaners in those opening rounds. But on the tour, uh, she's... Uh, what, who won her second WTA title. So she beat a Brazilian, Lara Pagalsi, who had never won a main draw match at WTA level uh, prior to this event, comes in as a fellow qualifier and makes the final. The first mother of two this century to lift a WTA trophy. So her her best career results has come as a mum. She got to 46 in the world 2017, previous title in her Toggenbosch 2018, uh two hundred and thirty seven and the rankings jumps back up to one hundred and twenty three so she's twenty one and seven across all levels uh this year and uh there's there's lots of good feel stories or feel good stories um on the tour and uh she's one of them and to do it you know, with your kids there, because not a lot of players not a lot of kids get to see their parents actually play uh, top level sport normally you you know you're uh, having a baby is a female competitor uh, after your career is done, but there are plenty in tennis who have stepped away to have a family and then have come back because the competitive juice is still flowing. and they, they still want to have a second chapter of their tennis career. Astra Sharma won the double, so well done to Astra. Quick wrap of the challenges. Holger Roon, he's going beautifully, the second best ranked 18-year-old in the world behind Carlos Elcaraz, 79 in the world. So he won that event in San Remo in Italy. I don't know if he caught the train or a light plane, down to Monte Carlo, and won two qualifying matches in the same day to qualify for the Masters 1000. So he's a star in the making, and uh, that's the major news, certainly out of the uh, challenges across uh, the last few days. In fact, we've done a, a write-up. We'll go up on our website, thefirstserve.com.au, coming up a little bit later on uh, tonight. Just before we go to the break, we'll head chat to Louise Plumming on the other side, crunching the numbers is our dedicated podcast looking at the uh, data, analytics and statistics in tennis applicable to the highest level of the game uh, down to the recreational level for players, coaches and tennis fans who'd love to dive a little deeper into how the game is played. It's back for 2022 with new host Stephen Huss, the 2005 uh, Wimbledon doubles champion and Chris Tontz uh, currently coaching the young American Claire Liu who is inside the top 100
0: What's sort of an important statistic that, you know, parents that are listening, players at home, kids that are playing, what's a really important statistic that they can start to track without too much difficulty that can have an impact on improving their performance?
1: I think the the first thing that that I really look for, whatever level is, is serve and return. I think those are, those are the key. If, if you can't get the serve in, can't get the return and we can't start the point. So a lot of what happens in a point, how it develops starts right there. So if I if I had to pick one thing that I think is common at all levels is, is focus on that first. And sometimes, let me just build on that. I'll get uh, like I had a, a girl a couple months back and she said, hey, I want to make one more ball. I said, you know where that starts? That starts with the actual first shot after serve and return. And she's like, no, I'm good there. And I can tell you she probably wasn't good there. But I said, it's almost the same with with everyone. You want to produce a good ball there first instead of saying, I want to make ball number nine or ball number 10. And we can get into that a little later. But uh, yeah, definitely the serve return and the first shot after the serve and first shot after return would be a great starting place.
3: Crunching the Numbers, we've got two editions each month. You can subscribe to the First Serve via your preferred podcast provider to receive uh, Crunching the Numbers and all our other content. You can also uh, head to thefirstserve.com.au. All thanks to Hume Tennis and Community Centre. It's a mini Melbourne park in Melbourne's north, which has tennis for everyone. It's perfect also for coaches and players if you're coming from interstate to train and compete. It's very close to Melbourne Airport. There's accommodation just around the corner if you want to stay, train, compete, eat, Everything's on a one-stop shop. Find out more, humetennis.com.au. Louise Fleming next.
2: Better solar, better batteries, better energy. With B Solar, you'll never have to pay another expensive electricity bill. Talk with a B Solar advisor. Visit Solar to learn more. GLG Greenlight Group, leaders in property services and open space management. And glgcorp.com, the first serve, your home of tennis.
3: Welcome back to The First Serve, always racing through on Monday night. Uh, Check out our website, thefirstserve.com.au. We're across Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, you name it, we're across it. So uh, anything to do with tennis, uh, you can follow us in whatever form tickles your fancy. You just want to mention too, uh, the 5pm Collective, Australian Alcohol Delivered. Use the code FIRSTSERVE, simple as that, to get 10% off your first order at 5pmcollective.com. Make sure you check it out. Louise Fleming might just be nice having a nice little glass of red uh, tonight because she has been in very, very uh, good company with our young Australian promising girls, the Junior Billie Jean King Cup, the qualifiers in India in the last week, to qualify qualifiers for the finals in Australia, was numero uno right up the top. A former player turned coach turned commentator did some great work with us across the Aussie summit. Lou, always great to have you back on the show. G'day
6: Brett, yes absolutely and I am feeling good and yeah I will have a glass of wine after this. I'll I'll get through the the (laughs) chat with you first but no it's been a a fantastic week and uh, so proud of the girls.
3: Yeah so just tell us a a bit about uh, the sort of selection. I think there were three girls that made up the team. Yourself as the coach over in India. A lot of teams trying to qualify for the finals of the Billie Jean King Cup. We know the pros will step out uh, later this week. Australia Doesn't have to do that. They've got through to the finals later in the year. But this is the next level down of our our promising young talent. So tell us a bit about the three girls and just the format across uh, the last week, Lou.
6: Yeah, absolutely. So this is uh, Billie Jean King or the Junior Billie Jean King Cup is under 16 years of age. We had three uh, 15-year-olds that were going um, and that was uh, Lily Taylor and uh, Sarah Rokosuk and them. One girl um, couldn't come, one other 15-year-old. So we actually had a very young and perhaps a a little superstar on the rise with Emerson Jones. She's just 13 years of age. So really, it it just came down to, um, yeah, they they select, you know, on the ITF rankings and then just what they've been doing lately. And then the format is Around robin. Uh, there's three matches up until that round robin and then it's a knockout from the quarterfinals uh, so quarterfinals semis and finals and we were the number two seeds the number one seed was Japan and Japan have a very good team they have a really strong teams in terms of ITF rankings and they're all 15 years of age and their best player has a ranking up around the you know the 40s in the world mm. um, and just quietly they did very well last year in the main group, so they came second over uh, the finals in the world against everyone, so against uh, the u s against Russia against everyone yeah. Um, so yeah we we were kind of up against it and uh, yeah that's um we kind of ran into them in the semifinals everything went really well up until we met actually Thailand in the third in our third round match um in our quarter, so they were very tough. Um, You know, it's one thing every time I go there, Brett, that the Asia region, the Asia kind of Oceania, they're really improving. They're getting stronger. Obviously, all these Asian teams come down, play the Australian Open. You know, they're getting a lot more experience, and and you can just see it. The quality of players is getting better and better.
3: And did I read correctly? uh, Fairly warm conditions, uh, Lou, for our young girls?
6: Yeah, look, it was, I think that's the hardest thing. And obviously we haven't had that sort of um, hot weather that many of the other Asian teams have had. You know, if you're coming from Thailand or Malaysia or Indonesia, then you're pretty comfortable with going to India. Yep. Um, but yeah, we've had, as we all know, we've we've had some pretty wet, uh, a wet season. So um, yeah, just that being able to acclimatize really quickly. Um, that was one of the big things. And I, I, I must say, I take my hats off, um, you know, to our players, uh, Emerson, Sarah, and Lily. They had to play in extreme conditions. The last day, the two singles players, which was Emerson uh, and Lily, they had to play in, in around 40 to 45 degree heat. And let me tell you, it's dry, it's hot. Mm. Uh, matches are going for two, two and a half, three hours. It, you know, it just becomes a mental battle, not not only physical, but a real mental battle,
3: and our girls just really stood up. It Was amazing. So, so Lou, we've been, you know, obviously, it's. I feel, I feel like it's a continuing discussion on our show as so we just look at the ranks yep. of Australian tennis. You know, where's the next lot of talent coming from? You talk about the improved uh, Asia Oceania region, and we just think worldwide yep. now. I mean, there are so many countries popping up, you know, producing tennis players that didn't years ago. So the competition's got even tougher. And I suppose we're all just looking. What, what is what is that uh, talent pool? actually look like? And you're a hell of a lot closer to that than what I am.
6: Well, uh, you know, the last two years we, we've been slim pickings as far as we haven't seen our, our youngsters play that much because of COVID. So it, we, we've been in a bit of a bubble stuck over here in Australia. Whilst a lot of the other countries have been able to travel and play ITF tournaments, we really haven't. So it was, you know, it is a little bit, as, as far as we can play some UTRs and a lot of those were put on hold, it was a little bit of an unknown um but, but, I can tell you, I was really encouraged uh, with the the quality of play um by t- particularly by the two singles players, Lily Taylor, um she's a tall girl, and her mentality is is like a latent short, just to hang in there, make a million balls, yeah. and she's got the athleticism of a Gail maffee. She's tall, she's oh. very athletic. She moves around the court incredibly well. You know, and so we just want those young players to keep tracking and keep improving. She's got a great serve, a lot of great qualities. And then you look at young Emerson Jones. She was a late call-up, just 13 years of age. You know, she's a foot shorter than the other girls out there on the court. You know, those years between 13 and 15, you're growing a lot. uh, You're maturing a lot. But Emerson, um, yeah, she was impressive and... I, I see a lot of really good qualities from this young young girl. Great physical um, athlete, just the intensity, just the way she moves, and prepared to fight. I think we could have um, a couple of little champions coming through in in our younger um, brigade. That's for sure, and she'll okay. have an opportunity yep. to stay in Asia, yep. to stay in India, and play in the 14s now. Emerson,
3: yeah, nice. Uh, we're going to track all of that. Um, I, I lo- I lo- yep. We'd love to hear some. Really good positivity about uh, our young players uh, coming through, Lou. I really appreciate some insights on that. Uh, Their names are all jot down. We look forward to the finals uh, later in the year. And and, uh, let's get you back on the show uh, very, very soon because you're doing a lot of great work in the world of tennis, as we know.
6: Thanks, Brett. Thanks, mate. Lou Thank Fleming. you.
3: I'm going to let you have that little glass of wine. Uh, feet up. Uh, she's had a big week over there in India. Uh, Lou Fleming uh, leading our uh, young junior Billy Jean King Cup team to get through to the finals uh, later on this year. All thanks to Melbourne's leading synthetic grass court surface and construction specialist, Asti Tennis Courts, Here, trusted by Melbourne tennis clubs and councils. Check out aste.com.au. The second edition of our Play USA podcast uh, dropped in the last few days, going inside the journey of many... Uh, Aussies going down the college pathway with host at Lachlan Peel catching up with Queenslander Tanika McGiffen. Why did you choose
1: to play college tennis, and why the University of Tennessee?
7: Yeah, I think college tennis is a a great pathway to build your your tennis career and still have that professional um, goal and vision as long as get as well as getting a degree. I think that that's something unique that you can't really find in australia or in in any other country and um i guess the opportunities that you get to study and you know travel play lots of tennis you know have unlimited resources i think it was just a for me it was you know it was a clear decision to, to come over to tennessee and um i chose tennessee because there was some there's a strong australian history uh here at the university and. Um, the coach, the current coach Allison, she actually came over to Australia and watched me play and it all sort of just fell into place from there. And so that's how I ended up here.
3: That is the voice of Tanika McGiffin Play USA. Along with crunching the numbers, Aussies only. We've got more podcasts coming your way at the firstserve.com.au or subscribe to the first serve via your preferred podcast provider to receive all our content. Uh, just got a few bits and pieces to get through after the break.
2: Better solar, better batteries, better energy. With B Solar, you'll never have to pay another expensive electricity bill. Talk with a B Solar advisor. Visit b.solar to learn more. GLG Greenlight Group, leaders in property services and open space management at glgcorp.com. The First Serve, your home of tennis.
3: Just a bit of housekeeping and a few bits and pieces to round out this show on a Monday night. Always great to take your calls. Lou Fleming, keeping us informed of some really good Aussie uh, junior talent. Now, Pete from Sydney, if you're listening in, you mentioned to me last week young uh, Elizabeth uh, Mandlik, who is the daughter of the great uh, Hannah Mandlikova, uh, Of course, who played under the cheque, and Australian banner, uh, 1978 to 1992 Australian Open. She won, she won a French Two-time Wimbledon finalist, won a US Open, 27 career titles, three in the world, 74% win rate in singles, International Tennis Hall of Fame, first female world number one junior. Uh, She coached uh, the late Jana Novotna, who won uh, the 1998 Wimbledon title, Uh, nine years coaching her. She coached the Czech uh, Fed Cup uh, team as well. Well, Elizabeth Mandelick, her daughter at the moment, uh, is ranked 311 in the world. So she's about 20, 14 and 5 this year. She's won five ITF singles titles overall. So she's one we'll keep an eye on, a bit like Leo Borg, uh, the son of uh, the great uh, Beyond Borg. And, in fact, Elizabeth Mandelick has also got a twin brother, uh, Mark, uh, who's playing college tennis at Oklahoma. So uh, whether they follow in the full genes of their mum, who was an outstanding player, Hannah Mandelakova. We'll have to uh, certainly uh, wait and see. Uh, Yarra Tennis Coaching at Eaglemont Tennis Club. Uh, Need to mention them, as always, just off the Eastern Freeway. Junior and adult programs available. Shane Scrutton, over 30 years coaching experience, whose mission is simply to improve your game. You do know where's to go and pop in and just see, Shane. Knock on his door, yarratennis.com.au, whether you're a, a complete beginner or a serious player. Boris Becker. I remember when Paul Aitken was uh, co-hosting this show, we used to have the Boris Files going back a few years ago when we were at the old SEN studios. And uh, we used to sort of uh, take the mickey a bit. Of, you know, there was always something going on with Boris, but right now you just feel a bit sad, don't you? But, you know, Boris Becker, guilty of bankruptcy charges, facing seven years in jail, uh, nine counts of uh, failing to deliver... Uh, trophies and other awards that he's had stored away, seven counts of conceding property, five counts of failing to disclose estate, uh, shares in a bank account, uh, two of removal of properties amounting to about £500,000 and one of concealing £825,000 of debt. It's just a really sad state of affairs. Uh, For a man in the 80s who burst onto the scenes as a 17-year-old winning Wimbledon, it was quite extraordinary and He's been living in the Wimbledon area. We saw him coach Djokovic there for a period and had you know a, a great relationship there. But if, that, uh, if those uh, headlines are accurate, you wonder how he gets out of it because he just, uh, unfortunately, the last few years, he has not uh, been uh, just cooperating with the officials uh, to get this stuff sorted. And they're not, they're not uh, taking to it too kindly, regardless of uh, who you are. And even though Boris has got... You know, an unbelievable profile. Um, It doesn't get you out of trouble. Monte Carlo this week. Gee, I'd love to be there. Alex Dimenhorst, in fact, playing tonight. John Piers is playing tonight. Novak Djokovic is back. He'll play Alejandro Davidovic-Fokina in the second round. The Spaniard got through overnight. So uh, Monte Carlo, arguably the best setting with a Mediterranean in the background. We've got challenges going on this week. Andrew Harris, Jason Kubler, Jordan Thompson, all playing in Sarasota in Florida. Hopefully Max Purcell and also Rinky Hidjikata can get through later tonight. Chris O'Connell's playing in Madrid. Akira Santillan trying to qualify for Mexico. The Fed Cup on later this week. So nothing on the WTA side, but all the qualifiers for the finals. And Australia was going to be playing this week, as we know, against Slovakia, but they are now not required to, with uh, Russia uh, being excluded from the Billie Jean King Cup and uh, just about uh, everything else. So that's just about it for us tonight. Make sure you're always going and shopping at Tennis Direct, Australia's favourite online tennis store. Fast delivery, great prices, free delivery on orders over $150. Visit tennisdirect.com.au. Use that promo code Serve 10 so all your goodies are delivered to your door, uh, whatever you need, rackets, accessories, and uh, just about uh, everything else. And I just want to refer an article just before we go. I've got about 30 seconds here. Aussie players capitalise on local... ITF swing, but Aussie tennis doesn't. It was a great read on our website over the last few days by uh, Connor Joyce, and I think the last line's fairly pertinent. Ultimately, Australia needs more pro events outside of January to assist young and emerging players all year round. But these tournaments simply must be advertised, promoted and marketed better to fully capitalise on Australia's love for tennis. You can read that full article and all our other reads at the First Serve .com.au. We're on at 6.30 uh, next week after Easter Monday footy across the uh, SCN network. Hit them well. Hopefully out of the middle of the strings this week. and We'll talk to you next Monday. G'day, Mike Hussey here. Get on board Australia's best fantasy cricket game, KFC Supercoach BBL. It's fun, free and
7: easy to play. Play today at supercoach.com.au
2: T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP 01005